0: Hello and welcome to horror 4-h another full episode that is i wasn't 100 sure i was gonna get it done this week but ta-da here we are it's still not actually done i'm recording it right now and then i still have to edit and upload but it'll all be done today so you'll get to listen to it so yay first off we've got all the usual social media stuff twitter facebook horror 4-h just search for that on either of those and you will find me uh, I still don't, I don't see very many of you guys on the Twitter feed or on the Facebook page. Just, uh, you know, you don't have to, like, retweet me all the time or tweet at me constantly or anything like that. Just, like, follow. Just click that little button and then, like, on the Facebook page, click the join thing and then, then like the page. And then maybe every now and then share it, but you don't even have to do that, honestly. Just the likes is more than enough. Uh, also, you know, uh, I still have the email going for horror4h at gmail.com for the stories. So if you have any odd paranormal experiences, creepy stories, anything of that nature, feel free to write it up, shoot me an email. Um, whenever you do so, just let me know how you want to be referred to. If you don't tell me, I'm just going to use your first initial. Um, yeah. So, well, that's enough of that. Uh, we, sh- we should get into the meat and potatoes of the... Ooh, meat and potatoes. That's what I'm going to have for dinner tonight. Meat and potatoes. Yeah. Well, yes. Back to the full episode so sit back relax and enjoy bad horror through someone else's eyes sorority house massacre 1986 so by now you know i've already done slumber party massacre and slumber party massacre 2 the reslumbering seriously they really fucked up not naming it that and now i'm doing sorority house massacre so you're thinking what gives did they just have more massacres in the 80s No, not really, actually. Uh, But after some searching, I found a list that had around 150 entries in movies that have the word massacre in the title. Now, not all were horror, but most were. And what I noticed browsing through the list was two things. One, most were in the 80s, and oddly enough, in the aughts. Yeah. The aughts, by the way, the, like, 2000s, before you get to 2010, 2000 to 2009, those are the aughts. Yeah you're welcome. And two, I need to watch more movies with the word massacre in the title. So here I am, remedying that. So it starts off with some tubular bells knockoff, complete with what is obviously a Casio interpretation of horns sounds instead of actual horn sounds. Now if only the credits being used here were in a bloody font instead of the knockoff font you'd expect to see from an exorcism movie, we'd be right where I'd expect us to be. Oh, wait, no. okay, there we go, the massacre part of the sorority house massacre is red, and when it hits the screen, there's a splatter effect everywhere! Now we're at home, ladies and gentlemen, okay. Though aside from the credits, we're just being treated to the exterior of what I assume is the sorority house, and cut to the inside, oh wait, no, that's a hospital, okay. A young woman is in the hospital bed, And another woman enters to ask her what happened. It must have all started when I entered the house. Which means the whole movie is a flashback! Doodly-doo, doodly-doo-doo. Can I get sued for doing the doodly-doo noise? Probably not. Cut to the same young woman from the hospital, dressed like, 100% in denim. Yeah. Walking up to a house, and then suddenly we see someone inside the house, asleep. Wait, no, okay, this is a dream sequence. Wandering through the house with bad smoke machines somewhere, quick pans around corners and empty rooms with half-assed organ music, and back to her at the front. Okay, I'm already completely lost. That's a good sign. All right. She rings the doorbell, which causes the sleeping person to thrash violently. It's opened by another one. And then a point-of-view monster looks down the stairs of the door opening to a little girl walking in, and then a close-up of a man with way too much stage makeup on, opening his eyes and screaming as the camera backs away from a room in another hospital, and orderlies run in to stop the man from screaming, I guess? And back to protagonist woman walking into the house. Okay. Alright, so this is the present, I mean, the present in the flashback, I mean, the, you know what I mean. So protagonist lady is Beth. Beth has been just okay. Apparently something dark and mysterious happened to Beth, But enough about that. The important thing is after spending the weekend here, Beth is totally going to want to join the sorority, you guys. Or she would if there was going to be a sorority left. But they're all going to die. They're all dead now. They're all dead, I think. Honestly, no, no. I haven't seen this movie before. So let's find out. The orderlies have left the what is apparently psych ward and talk about how that guy was crazy and they had to tape him up so he wouldn't scream all night. Yeah, that's... That's how that's supposed to go. You duct tape patients, the mouth shut. Yeah, that's, duh, that's first-year nursing stuff right there. It's, (laughs) okay, and he's straining against his restraints. I guess that's why they call them that. And cut to Beth having a dream about arriving somewhere. Okay, so far, this movie is about 50% her arriving to this house. In the dream, there are three creepy-ass kids staring at her and ask her where she's going, which is in the house. So then they have to warn her because, you know creepy-ass kids, also because this movie has no subtext whatsoever, and it's obvious what's happened already. She lived here as a kid, and there was some horrific shit that happened. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it was murder. Her whole family got murdered, and the guy who did it is the guy in the mental institution, and now he's going to get out and try to finish the job by murdering everyone there again, but this time he's going to he's not going to miss her except, you know, he is going to miss her. That's why she's already at the hospital at the beginning of the movie and safe. Oh hey, creepy kids are inside now at the dinner table with creepy masks on. Not creepy at all. And one of the knives on the table is extra big, like like it's a crocodile dundee knife. Yeah. Blood starts dripping onto the table, and she sees it, which of course means she just starts walking around before finally looking up at a giant pool of blood forming on the ceiling. So, time to go upstairs, then. I mean, I'd argue against this, but hey, it's dream sequence logic, so I can't really make fun of stupid decisions she's making in it. You know. One bedroom is tossed around, and there's blood all over it. A jar of marbles breaks in another room, so she has to slow-motion walk to it, because... They already needed to start padding this movie less than ten minutes in. That's a good sign. Ugh. Kid in a bed makes pain noises, and then she pulls the cover back to see just a bloodstain. Oh no! And she backs up directly into the killer and wakes up to some random girl named Sarah, bursting in looking for the, someone else in the room. But hey, you know, maybe Beth can help. Do you have a sweater to go with this? By the way, what she's wearing is like a crop top and a skirt that are white with pineapples, cherries, and blue dots on it. I don't think anything goes with that, let alone a sweater. Sorry, Sarah. Mm, Just not happening. Well, the good news is, though, Cindy has a pink jacket that would go with it, but she's shutting Sarah down. But thankfully, Linda is on this shit. But Tracy has to give up Sarah's boots to complete the ensemble. I could riff on this, but honestly, I feel like me giving the fashion play-by-play is more entertaining than you know, me riffing on it. So, oh, oh, holy crap, I think the gratuitous nudity was... Wait, no, it wasn't actually nudity! So we're staring at Beth in the bathroom mirror, which is fogged up, so the girl who gets out of the shower behind her was actually effectively covered. I mean, I know this is getting into the late 80s, but the TNA factor in slasher films was still way up there, and with a name like Sorority House Massacre, you kind of expect a lot of gratuitous everything. So, color me impressed. Good job. Tracy wants to know if Beth is ready for the BEST WEEKEND EVER! Wait, I put too much enthusiasm. Tracy wants to know if Beth is ready for the BEST WEEKEND EVER, and it was delivered with about that amount of enthusiasm I just put into it. So I'd say that was the joke, but then Beth answers dryly with, I need it. They are both dead serious. Dead serious. They just have already died inside, so we can't tell. Oh hey, look, Asylum Dude broke out of his restraints and ripped the tape off his mouth. And we know this man is badass and an unstoppable killing machine because when he ripped the tape off his mouth, he didn't even say, ouch. These girls are fucking de- dead, you guys. They're just, they're fucking dead. Oh hey, okay, now we know why Beth is somber. Her aunt died a few weeks ago and her aunt raised her, so it's kind of like her mom dying again because 10 to 1, her mother already died in this house. like 100%. I'm calling that shit so hard, you guys. I have got such a clue. Reference. Okay, so the core group is Beth, uh, a short-haired, somber protagonist, Uh, Tracy, the mooch, but everyone loves her because she's Tracy, damn it, Sarah, the fashionista, and Linda, who is on shit all the time. Linda is the one we want to survive, but Beth is the one we're going to get. Something about calling the rental house for the powwow. Hmm. Maybe this building isn't the one happening? The murders are happening, in, after all, I don't know. I have been wrong about these things in the past. So if I'm wrong, cool, I'm sucking it up and admitting it, and oh, okay, no, never mind. Beth goes back in to get a book she forgot, and she looks in the mirror on her way out to see a man holding a knife, and she looks around the room, not seeing a man holding a knife, so she looks back to the mirror, and the guy is holding the knife up in the air with a complete indifference, which would be scary if it were actually scary, but it isn't, so it isn't! Ah! And he stabs the knife through the mirror. Thankfully, Beth doesn't react at all, which I'm sure was on purpose. And Linda pops in to remind her that they gotta go. See, Linda is on this shit. We love Linda. Beth tells her that there was this guy, and Linda, on it with the humor, assures her that if there were a guy there, Tracy would have found him. (laughs) Oh my, Linda, you can dish out the zings. That's it, everyone. I'm marrying Linda. That's right, I am marrying a fictional character from the 80s slasher film, based on the first 13 minutes of the movie, even though I'm about 100% sure she dies brutally within the next 40 minutes. But still, for those 40 minutes, Linda and I will be so happy together. Okay, shut up. These riffs are not easy. I gotta find something to rant about. Just sit back and enjoy it, and, and it's insane, and have fun with that, because, you know, I gotta have my fun some way. So anyway, crazy guy is throwing himself around the room, hitting the walls, and so on. We see his doctor talking to another doctor, and his doctor, who I'm guessing has a semi-large part in this movie, cannot act to save her life. The guy who she's talking to, though, actually delivers the lines in a manner consistent with an annoyed psych ward doc. So whoever that guy is, you did well, my friend. Proud of you. I wonder what triggered it. His final victim entering the house where it all happened. Probably. Wait. Wait a minute. When? Wait a minute. When did? When did Halloween and Halloween two come out? That's that's me making furious typing noises, even though I've already looked it up and written it down. Okay. First one came out in 1978, and the second one came out in 1981. Halloween four came out in 1988. Mm, So they obviously didn't care about Halloween 4 because this movie was made before that, but I'm getting a very Halloween vibe from this movie, like, how much you want to bet that crazy guy is also related to this girl, like how they made Laurie Strode, Michael's sister even though I believe in the newest one, they're retconning that shit. So, you know, still, they did that. So, Crazy Guy is obviously making banging noises around his room, not restrained at all, but the two docs just open the door anyways, because why would you pay basic attention to a violent, psychologically disturbed person? (laughs) Yeah, Guy Doctor throws himself into the room and closes the door behind him, bravely sacrificing himself for the good of everyone else. But that won't matter, though. Yeah. Back to the girls, and we see Sarah's rape whistle, which she bemoans wearing, but promised her mom... That she would wear. I mean, that's the least shitty thing your mom could make you wear. Honestly. Pointless story about a pig, legitimately. And then a... the, The bell rings, even though this is college. Like, not the doorbell. The bell. The class bell rings. This is college. That doesn't... I've never been to a college where that happened. And back to the psych ward, where they've got the guy strapped to a chair. I'm seeing why he wants to get out so badly. It's not just a murder. It's to get away from these crazy fucking doctors who tape him to everything. Like... They couldn't afford money for restraints in this movie, so they're like, hey, we got duct tape, they use those in psych words, right? Linda gets into class just in time to get a quiz about pop psychology, which she calls a pop psychology quiz, making a terrible pun. Yup, I love Linda. Tracy is reading a magazine during a class where a horror-sounding movie is playing because, I don't know what, I don't know, Whatever. Beth is in a lecture about knowing what's going to happen and or deja vu, which is appropriate, since I've already said what happens in this movie's past and is basically a Halloween knockoff. So she looks out the window to see Scary Guy from the mirror, and then looks down to see a knife coming up out of her book. Oh, and she gasps very slightly. Which she just kinda goes, huh? which is enough for everyone in the room to literally turn around and look at her like she just blurted out Hitler was right, you guys! And uh, yeah, everyone's just staring at her, it's crazy. And then Sarah is at the end of a class where a creepy classmate talks to her about how brainwaves can be transmitted like light and sound, making telepathic connections totally plausible. Also about kitten murder. And just like that we now have talked about everything this movie will cover. Crappy pop psychology, knowing what's gonna happen because shit is so dialed in, and just knowing shit is an okay you know, just knowing shit is an okay screenwriting technique, apparently, as well. So, crazy guys hooked up to an EKG so they can read his mind. Spoiler alert, that's not how those work. At all. And back to the sorority house where everyone is leaving, like an alien invasion force just showed up. Like, people are throwing bags into cars, everyone's piling into cars and running around like morons, the matron of the house is leaving for the weekend too. Beca- wait, what? I. Wait, okay. Um. She. She's leaving? For the weekend? why is the whatever also remember to lock the doors remind linda because she always forgets deja vu we just had a scene about foreshadowing get it deja vu we just had a scene i'm i'm, I'm great you guys you guys need to appreciate this more <sighs> crazy guy is just putting out brainwaves like he's asleep all the time apparently they're using this ekg machine as a lie detector now and <laughs> this is just god awful science they're asking him a question and looking at the EJT to see if it's spiced, because then they know their question is close to the mark. Again, not even remotely how this works, but okay. Was it at the hospital? No. Was it in your dreams? Yes. Did you did you dream of somebody? Yes. Someone you know. <gasps> Laura. Wait, he shouldn't be talking, but he said Laura. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Really? Really? Laurie Strode. And I'm guessing Beth's real name is Laura. They couldn't change it more than that? Really? Oh my god. So speaking of Laura, I mean Beth, she walks into the house and is now confronted with a woman and a man in chairs, dead with, like, I don't know, spiky-looking things sticking through them or something, I don't know, and scary guy from the psych ward is taking a knife off the fireplace because, you know, that's where you keep knives, and turning around. And he turns around in both the vision and at the psych ward, which makes sense because telepathy or something, (laughs) I guess... So he screams and falls out of the chair that apparently he wasn't strapped into very well. Beth backs out of the house and bumps into a jump scare before seeing the house is not full of corpses and a murder man. And they dosed crazy guys so he's out of it. Or is he done, done, done? Doorbell and it's Linda and the girls, they forgot their keys. <laughs> and now four of them have the place to themselves for the whole weekend. And they decide to do the craziest fucking thing they can think of. That's right, you guys. They went full-blown, Girls Gone Wild, Insanity. They are gonna try on Cindy's clothes. Wild! So they put on smooth jazz and start trying on clothes. No, really. We have an 80s changing montage to progressively shittier and shittier jazz music that starts out as actual jazz music and moves into 80s sitcom jazz music with Beth sitting on the bed while the girls change. That's, that's, that's a little creepy. And, oh, okay, there we go. There's the gratuitous nudity, which I think is made creepier by Beth just sitting on the bed, staring at them the whole time while laughing. Like, ha 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 your guys' boobs are jiggling. Ha <laughs> we're friends now. I don't, whatever. Also, Cindy's wardrobe appears to be made entirely out of the same shirt slash jacket combo, but in a few different colors, and that's it. So, yeah. Oh, hey, they dance a bit too, and without their tops on, because reasons. One of them finally asks what's up with Beth, but she just can't get this dream out of her head. Cut back to the psych ward, and crazy dude is awake but pretending to be asleep, and when an orderly walks in, listening to headphones, so obviously not paying attention to his surroundings, which at this point is including a violent psychopath. Smart. Crazy guy jumps him, grabs him, bashes his head into the wall so many times that the pre-spread blood on the wall behind him moves a little bit. Ooh, scary stuff. Crazy guy drags him like two feet but doesn't change into his clothes or put the orderly into the bed to like give himself a few seconds, you know? No, nothing. Just moves the corpse for no reason at all. Okay. And then just walks out. He's in street clothes, by the way, like black sweatshirt, black jeans, and what looked like tennis shoes. I don't know about you, but the psych wards I've seen, you don't get all that shit, especially if you're a violent person. At the very least, he wouldn't have shoelaces. Come on. Ah. And back to, oh my God, this thing has so many cuts that, um, um, Shit, I do not have a clever analogy for that one. I swear I had something for this, Archer reference. Beth is finishing up talking about the dream while they all eat ice cream, and Linda's going to go psychoanalyze it, and Sarah has a book that will help. But oh no, she got ice cream on Cindy's clothes. Cindy's going to kill me. Now, if the crazy guy gets there first, and right on cue, we're back to the crazy guy, who just full-on runs at a chain link gate in the hallway, and it just opens. Like, he doesn't have to break it open. It just he just opens it regularly. Top-notch security that houses a man who, I'm assuming, is guilty of multiple murders. Is this a fucking white-collar psych ward? What the hell? And right off to the side of the gate is the exit. Wow, he just runs out the exit, and is an instantly, in like a road, running away. Like, no fences... Not eat him in, like, a low row of bushes he have to jump over. They did not think this place through. Oh, wait, no, no, there is a fence. And he scales it in three seconds, even though I saw an actual opening to the side. Okay, got it. This is when I have to stop taking this movie seriously. Right now, I have to stop caring. Done. Okay, and back to the girls. Seriously, so many cuts. Uh, Deciding how drunk to get while analyzing the dream. And back to crazy guy going into a hardware store that appears completely unmanned. He walks straight up to the counter, breaks it, and takes a screwdriver? A knife? I honestly can't see, but whatever it is, it's good enough to only need to be stabbed into the old guy who runs the place once before he finally dies after 10 or 15 seconds of going, oh, 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 super convincing death noises. And back to the girls drinking. Linda gets upset that her major is being distilled down to a shitty psycho mumbo jumbo book. <laughs> you and me both, sister. Dolls mean childhood, party means social sitting, obvious dream is obvious, scary man with a knife means SCARY GUY WITH A KNIFE! However, somehow, they get the idea that Beth is scared of sex, because knife, phallic symbols, stabby stabby, sexy sexy, and car horn, bet it's the boys. Well, it's a U-Haul, and it has guys that are driving it, and that's good enough for Sarah and Tra- Tracy, and back to crazy guy who just walks into a station wagon and gets in and drives it away. And the owner does the classic, hey, that's my car line before they, they, like, drives into her and then drives away. So, all right, and wow. Um, See, earlier when I I said powwow, um, they've been an actual honest-to-God white people ripoff of powwows. And the U-Haul had the decorations for it, complete with the super racist statue. And we see a car pull up to the yard with girls in it, and point-of-view monster rushes them, and it's not the crazy guy. (laughs) Duh. It's the boys. What boys, you may be asking? Well, the boys that every single one of these movies has to have in it. Duh. Apparently, these guys are all dating the girls, except for the guy who looks almost exactly like Beth. That's not creepy at all. Who has his hands buried so far in his pockets he could tie his shoes? Everyone else is embracing, and he and Beth are basically like, hey, you're a person. Okay. All right. And back to Psych Ward, where another orderly discovers dead orderly. And back to the girls and boys, and holy shit, seriously. There is so much back and forth, I, I fucking have whiplash right now. It's worse than watching a tennis match. Uh, Linda's guy, Steve, wants to go rafting instead of hanging out with Linda, which is just the most unforgivable thing so far. Uh, but Andy, creepy dude about the brainwaves earlier, is gonna stay, but he's gotta go to work later. That's Sarah's guy. And back to psych ward, fucking pick a place, goddammit. Missing and dangerous patient, all ward employees must keep an eye out for Robert Hankel. Wait, wait a minute, back up. Yup, oh, okay, that's right, the crazy guy's name is Robert Hankel. So out of respect of slasher villains everywhere, I'm just gonna keep calling him crazy guy. And guess what? Cut back to the house and the lights go off. Dun dun dun. Obviously, the guys totally didn't turn off the lights themselves to get a cheap jump scare. No. And cut too seriously. This movie has more cuts than Sweeney fucking Todd. See, I knew I'd get a solid reference in there somewhere. Just had to stick with me. And it was worth it, wasn't it? I mean, that was a great reference. Okay, it wasn't great, but still. Orderlies talking to a detective, I assume, describing crazy guy. Six foot, blue eyes, pale fucker. Very descriptive. But we don't know this patient history without the doctor being present seems like, I don't know, she should have been since her violent patient escaped at lunch, and it's nighttime now, but okay. Oh, and look, we're back to the house. God. We're talking about haunted houses now. Oh, I think we're hearing the history of this house. Or we would be if we weren't then thrown into the car Crazy Guy stole and driving down the highway at night, and then back to the storytelling. In this very room, he took a pickaxe to his parents. Then he took the hunting knife, inexplicably kept on the fireplace. Beth freaks out and goes upstairs, probably because she was in the house when all that happened and is the only survivor of her brother's murder spree. He goes room to room, murdering every sibling. Happened about 13 or 14 years ago, just before the sorority bought it. Uh Ah, we see a shadow of a person behind Beth, but then it's gone. The guy who matches her haircut shows up and jump scares her. She decides to change up rooms because of the nightmares, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I wonder if someone else is going to sleep in that room and get murdered there. I don't know. She apologizes for it being a shitty date. I'm I'm not sure why she thought it was a shitty date, but okay. I mean, it seemed like an all right date. One of the guys jumps on another to scare him because of good reasons. Everyone but Beth hops back downstairs to watch TV because the lights are still off, so obviously the TV must be on a different circuit. This makes no sense. And the doctor isn't answering her phone, but it's okay because they left a message and the detective is just going to hang out and wait because why call in an APB or anything like that, you know? Mm-hmm. No, no reason there. And Beth sees the crazy guy come in with a knife and stab into the bed above her, and she's getting blood all over, and you know, oh, is a dream, and everybody's upstairs waking her up, and the lights are back on. Okay, wait, but now one of the girls is going outside to fix the lights. Wait, 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 hold on. Let me, Let me back up. Yeah. Okay, they just cut back to the doctor's house for two seconds to show her turning on the lights, and then cut back to the sorority house. Yeah, yeah, they did that. They just did that. So clearly... The editor for this movie was, you guys know the drill by now, right? That's right, the editor was clearly on cocaine! (sighs) Tracy is being stalked by a point-of-view monster and turns around to knee one of the guys in the crotch, which, I mean, is kind of what you get when you sneak up on women in the dark, honestly. You know, that's just if you're sneaking up on a woman in the dark and she turns around and knees you in the crotch, you deserve that. Don't sneak up on people in the dark. Don't! (sighs) So they decide to spend the night outside, in the teepee yeah remember when i said super racist decorations i meant it they have an actual shitty teepee but they're gonna sleep in it later and then not be murdered at all they're gonna get murdered in the teepee so now they're all sitting in the lit up living room i i guess okay so listening to beth talk about the dream that we've already heard once and watched like i don't know five times so far yeah so i'm just gonna type over this segment with nonsense uh, because so I, I don't want to listen to it again. So, how are you guys all doing? I'm okay. I mean, my mental health hasn't been great, and honestly, now there's my physical health, but you don't want to hear about that, do you? No. Oh, point of view monster outside? No, okay. I mean, I don't mind talking about myself, but you guys came for the jokes, and so, oh, hey, there's something new. Uh, she saw him hide the knife he used to murder people in the fireplace, and she says it's still there, even though we actually see him chasing her down in the basement with the knife at another point in time, and that's where she hid. So how she knew that he, I did, okay, right, can't take it seriously, (laughs) forgot, right. So they put out the fire and easily move a brick to show a hidden compartment, and then one of the guys smartly just lifts up the knife and burns his hand, and throws it, because that's what you should do with a knife, that's also hot, just throw it, and it lands blade first on a table, and is also covered in dried blood. So they continue to pick it up and move it around, because fuck fingerprints, yeah, The doctor finally gets her messages, and one of the guys sets up the TP. Also, wow, they they couldn't help... Okay, so... I know I can't take this seriously, but oh my god. So they couldn't help the cops, because the doctor had the guy's files. Okay, that actually makes sense. Patient confidentiality, etc. The doctor's the only one that has access to the files. That makes sense. And then we see the orderly, on the phone with the doctor, going through the patient's files. The orderly is going through the patient's files. The doctor does not have them at her house. They are at the hospital. They were just in a fucking filing cabinet. That's it. I don't know, maybe it was locked, but really, if that's all that was stopping you from helping the cops, what the fuck? And the doctor even says, oh, Oh, he killed five members of his family and only a little girl escaped. The police should have his information. Then why the fuck did they need you? This was at the very least 30 to 40 minutes ago in movie time. They could have spent that whole time looking for this guy, you incompetent fuckwits. Oh my god. Ah. Linda suggests hypnosis to help bring out hidden memories. Except, let me be clear. Very clear here. Every good piece of evidence ever shows hypnosis is not a reliable method for uncovering memories. You're far more likely to make shit up than you are to remember anything you couldn't previously remember. It's okay though, Linda, you didn't know any better in the 80s. I still love you. One of the annoying guys realizes he has to go to work. It's Sarah's guy. And crazy guys watching them say goodbye from not even 12 feet away, so I really don't know how he isn't being seen by anyone. Oh, oh, uh, Sarah's guy actually does see him and proceeds to try to be tough before being stabbed several times and with just enough energy to slowly slump down the ground and grab his wounds and die dramatically, but not enough energy to, oh, I don't know, maybe go, HELP, I'VE BEEN STABBED! (sighs) And Crazy Guy doesn't even try to hide the body. He just does not give a single fuck. Unlike most determined serial killers, he isn't staging the bodies for maximum jump scares later. This guy is all business, folks. So she's reliving her dream while being hypnotized. She says, Bobby is hurting everyone. She hears her name being said, Laura. So yeah, called this shit earlier. Told you guys. In the dream, he's trying real hard to kill her. She doesn't come out of the hypnosis right away, though. And now they're like, maybe this is covering up some sort of trauma from when you were a kid. Literally 10 minutes ago, one of the guys told a story about a kid murdering everyone in his family in this house about 13 to 14 years ago. And now this girl, who is 18 or 19, just said her brother Bobby was hurting everyone in the family in this house when she was 5. Holy fucking shit, I can't believe you people are in college, you're all stupid. Uh, What happened when you were 5? I don't remember anything. Except you just told them all what happened when you were 5! You literally just told them all! Oh my god! Sarah thinks this is a past life experience, because Sarah's fucking stupid. Everyone shoots it down pretty fast, though, so that's good. And Tracy and her guy head out back, you know, to die, uh, taking a while for them to build up t- to dying, like lots of un- unnecessary external shots, shots inside the TP. Beth and haircut guy are right next to the window the whole time in clear sight of the teepee until literally the killer walks into view and then they walk away. Domino was 100% right, luck is a superpower. Sorry, Wade. No one hears them screaming, though, because the TV is on and the screams are just on the TV, I guess, except... That doesn't explain why the other two girls don't hear it. Oh wait, no, they did, they just assumed some horrible screams of death, or just Tracy getting off. What do people think other people having sex sound like? Ugh. And he's still just hacking and slashing in the teepee. Neither of them are trying to get away. So it's really no surprise when he finally just breaks through and stabs Tracy in the chest while the guy's holding her arms like, Oh wow, you're totally getting stabbed, but hey, your boobs look nice. And then when Crazy Guy has his knife buried completely in Tracy's chest, what does her guy friend do? Yes, stand up and run away. Not kick the guy in the face, not anything useful, just stands up and runs away, okay. So he runs inside and starts screaming for everyone, that's good at least. He even runs straight to the phone upstairs, but this is the 80s kids, we all had landlines, which means, yeah, Crazy Guy cut the phone wire. Being in a well-lit suburban area in the 80s at night without a phone is the equivalent to now being alone in the Rockies with no satellite phone except for the literally dozens of people within a couple hundred feet, but who the fuck cares about that, right? Okay, so Cindy has her own line, though. So run to her room. Oh, no, he cut that line, too. Ah, well, he's thorough, at least. Oddly enough, though, they don't go back downstairs to tell Beth her haircut. You know, lock the fucking door. So, of course, crazy guy just walks inside and takes the knife out of the fireplace. Yeah. And even though we just saw Beth asleep on the couch... Now she wakes up in another bed and is moving in slow- Oh, okay, this part's a dream, gotcha. So, slow motion walking, totally necessary here. She approaches a creepy picture with creepy kids that start bleeding creepily. One kid bleeds from the arm, and she starts to bleed from her arm, and it's obviously, that that's her, and then crazy guy's behind her, and she runs again, and then he's behind her again, Ah! and there's more slow motion running because they really, really, really needed to pad this fucking movie. So uh, now, now they're all yelling for Beth and haircut, but they don't hear, and, and hear me out on this one, because Sorority House Massacre takes place in the same universe as the Slumber Party Massacre movies. So there's weird sound bubbles, like every 20 feet or so, so they're yelling at full volume, one floor up, out into a hallway, and two people just down the stairs can't hear them at all. Yep, this checks out, same universe. Okay. So they assume Beth and Haircut have been, you know, killed. Well, I mean, okay, Haircut just got killed because Beth woke up to Crazy Guy trying to stab her and she just rolls away, which means the knife goes right into Haircut. Poor bastard. So she runs up the stairs and goes to the room with the others and, and at least Beth pretty much acknowledges that it's, it's kind of her fault. They push the dresser in front of the door. Maybe they can escape out the window. Oh, but it's kind of far up, so they just scream at it. Can't anybody hear us? No, 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 they can't. Not in this fucking universe. <laughs> So Sarah remembers they have a fire ladder. Oh, that's actually kind of handy. Okay. But then suddenly, they can't hear anyone outside the door anymore, so they're like, oh, now we can go out the front. No, that makes no fucking sense. Oh, my God, what the fuck's wrong with you? Thankfully, they're not quite that stupid. And the guy goes down the ladder, and Linda starts going down the ladder, and then, yep, you guessed it, crazy guy stabs the other guy in the back, and even though Linda is on the fucking ladder when he gets killed and is looking down, she does not see this happen at all. And the girls... Don't look out the window for the whole time it takes to kill him. I I give up. They're just trying to get murdered at this point, so go. Have fun being murdered. Enjoy it. Stabby, stabby. Uh, Oh, hey, now they notice it, and Crazy Guy stabs up at Linda and tries to pull her off the ladder, and we have a sequence that is way too long of them struggling to pull her in. He grabs the window ledge. They slam the window down on his hands and finally toss him off the ledge, and he lands, and it's probably just fine since I'm not hearing, you know, classic, it's okay, time to roll credits music. So whether he's dead or not, they decide now's a good time to run for it, which I actually agree with. But as soon as they start moving, he wakes up. So they get to the front door and scramble to get it unlocked with keys. What fucking door do you need to unlock from the inside with keys? What? the Okay. And the door opens to Sarah's guy falling into the place. Remember Sarah's creepy guy? Got stabbed earlier. Yeah. So they stop to start grieving him. Like, he's dead, he's on the floor, and they're like, he's dead, and so they're just standing around and crying instead of going, we should keep fucking running, so by the time they realize they should just start running, crazy guy's back up front, so they slam the door, they run back upstairs and push the dresser in front of the door again, and suddenly crazy guy dives through the fucking window at a downward angle, how the fuck did that even happen, there is no way in hell that is even remotely possible, unless this guy has like a fucking 40 foot vertical leap, whatever, okay, hmm. They run out the back, and then he cuts them off. Why did they run out the back? So he cuts them off, and Crazy Guy hallucinates the girls are his sisters. I mean, one of them is, though. Linda throws a brick at him, which does fuck all when it hits him right in the chest. So, like, legit, just does nothing. Just bounces off. She yells, run! And her and Beth run off to the side, while Sarah, who was in the middle of them and still doesn't run with them, turns around to run 100% in the opposite direction and just trips over Tracy's corpse, which, of course, affords Crazy Guy the opportunity to stab her to death. So, instead of running through the now unblocked gate, uh, Beth and Linda run back inside to the front door, which now they can't open again because they don't have the key. The, huh, they never fucking locked the door! Earlier, when they closed it again, they didn't- the whole point, the whole plot point of them not escaping right now is that this door can only be unlocked with a key, even from the inside. That's pretty damn stupid in the first place. Oh my god, then they just- then they go hide in the basement, which is where Beth hid back in the day. And now they're just figuring out that this guy who killed everyone back in the day and and Beth is also related to him. Like, they have been telephoning this in since scene one. And they are just now figuring it out in the movie. Wow. And the doctor called, told the cops to go check on Beth who lives with her aunt. Though she just died a couple weeks ago, so yay for the cops being up to date on everything. And the doctor is just now figuring out that Oh, hey, you know, there's no way the crazy guy knew that that's where Beth lives, so he just know that old address, the place where he lived his whole life before he moved here, you know. So we should probably, we should maybe go see if he's there, we should probably send cops to that place. You think? Oh, hey, there's a spare key in the basement, you know, to unlock the front door from the inside. Mm Mm-hmm. So they arm themselves with gardening tools and then give away their position by screaming at a jump scare before literally just turning around and hitting crazy guy with a shovel and he actually goes down hard and they run instead of murdering him with the garden tools they have in their hands so they they run up the stairs and he chases them and they hold the door against them they're like pushing it against against their backs to to keep it shut and he stabs the knife through it and then instead of running they wait to time it so that they run right when he stabs the door again because somehow beth knew when he was going to do that I don't, are they fucking twins now too jesus so now they're having problems unlocking the front door. Great plot point. First the door is locked and you can't unlock it without a key. And now that they have the key, they just are completely inept and they can't unlock it. Wonderful writing. So beautiful. I'm. I. This is why I've never been published about with anything I've written. I write shit that's not fucking stupid. There. That's my problem. I gotta write stupid shit like this. So, okay. Crazy guy finally makes it through the other door and and that, that stops him from leaving. I guess. I don't know. Somehow. And he starts walking menacingly towards Beth and Linda. And Linda yells, hit him! Which is great advice. Linda, why don't you fucking hit him? You got a massive shovel, you know. No? No? Why would you do that? You know, why why would you ever fucking do that? No. What the fuck, Linda? Come on! So Beth swings with hers, but nothing happens. And then Linda actually starts hitting him with her shovel. Like, full on, on the back, legs, ass, side of the head. Does nothing. Which is insane considering like he got hit with one like two minutes ago and he was down on the ground after one hit but suddenly several blows to the head with a shovel do nothing okay so he starts to stab at beth in super slow motion like this is taking a minute or so and then linda just hits him in the head but this time i guess it was a really good hit because he just goes down again all right and and without checking or anything, Linda's just like, well, he's dead, and then they start walking away very slowly, instead of running, and so, of course, Linda takes a fucking knife to the back before he falls over, so, he had enough, In okay, he, he stood up, fully, stabbed Linda once in the back, and then just fell right back over, he had just enough energy to stand up and stab one time, right, okay, oh, good, we finally hear cops showing up, uh, they should have been here like 40 minutes ago, but, you know, Doc dropped the ball. And Crazy Guy is still crawling towards Beth, and Linda is dead. Uh, that was one knife stab, by the way, to her upper right back. That wouldn't kill anyone, but okay. So he takes the knife out of Linda and keeps crawling. Somehow, even though he was able to move easily, she she's crawling too. I, I don't know how, why she's resol- resolved to just crawling backwards, but okay. She grabs another knife uh, and stabs him in the head just before the cops walk in. And, uh, you know, they just walk in, well, looks like our job here's done, everyone's already dead, so we can't kill anyone. Oh, hey, wait, wait, this girl's alive, and she's got a knife! Bam, 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 bam. Ah, just kidding, but wouldn't that, wouldn't that have been a pretty crazy ending? Okay, and back to the hospital we started in. Beth's still having bad dreams, but her wounds from the knife she apparently took on the leg, I guess that's why she was crawling, Miss that, will heal up in no time. She dozes off, and then crazy guy pulls the curtain and says her name like you would if you ran into someone on the street. Beth? She wakes up and screams and is held by a nurse. And is she dreaming? Is Crazy Guy really dead? Will she ever stop having these dreams? Why did that guy have the same haircut she did? We'll never know, because that was it. That was Sorority House Massacre. Well, uh, I hope you enjoyed Sorority House Massacre as little as I did. That movie was terrible. It was basically Halloween watered down heavily. Like, scene one. That movie was such a Halloween ripoff. It wasn't even a ripoff of other Massacre movies. It was 100% a Halloween ripoff. It just didn't take place on Halloween. That's it. That's the only difference. It's kind of crazy. But it was terrible. I enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed me not enjoying it, really. yeah. So don't forget to do the social media stuff. Twitter, Facebook, shoot me an email, check me out on Patreon, Horror4H, the word horror, the number four, the letter H. I make it really easy for you. Won't keep you anymore. So, yeah. Hopefully, I'll have a full episode next week. If I don't though, I will at least have a short episode with some creepy stories of my own. Unless you guys send me your own creepy stories, and then I'll read those instead. That's how this works. It's pretty nice. All right. Well, thank you for joining me today. Take care, everyone.